Hello and you're all very welcome to Along the Line, brought to you by Seacast Streaming. Coming up on the show, disappointment for Tipperary against Mayo. Tipperary minor footballers finally get their Munster Championship campaign underway. The minor hurlers will play a Waterford in the Munster semi-final. And it's All-Ireland Senior Hurling final weekend. We'll be getting the views from inside the Waterford and Limerick camps, while Brian Flannery and Mark Foley will be joining us to preview the game. I'm Tomás Matthews, joining me once again is Sean Maher. Sean, I suppose there's only one place to start and a huge disappointment for the Tipperary footballers. Yeah, I suppose turnovers in the first half killed them. They conceded 3-6 from losing position and at this level you can't expect to win these big games when you're getting turned over in such a regular occurrence. A word from Mayo though going into the final is how easy it was for Tip to get good, these good goal chances and for a team like Dublin they'll take these chances early. Tip should be proud though. As in a normal day, 3 13 would have got any team to an All-Ireland final, so they should keep their head up high. They have nothing to fear in the future. Just a few stats I have from the game there. Tip won 24 of their own kickouts to Mayo's 15, with Mayo having 23 kickouts to Tip's 26. So it was a good dominance from their kickout side of view. But I worry though was Mayo had won 26 of Tip's turnovers, which kind of was the losing of the game. And also Mayo had 28 scoring chances from play, converting 65%, with Tip having 19 chances and only converting 42, which really helped Mayo to drive on and get the scores when they needed them badly. Yeah, I suppose looking at another thing uh, we disputed there a couple of weeks ago over a black card in Hurling, but it's fair to say that the punishment doesn't fit the crime. Mikey Quinlivan going through there to start in the second half, Lee Keegan cynically hauling him down, and then you had... Bill Maher, I don't think there was any black card given to for that. Now, not saying Tip would have won it, but two penalties there at that stage, or even two goals, could have made an awful difference. So I think the, the black card is going to have to be looked at again, Mike. Yeah, it seemed, this, for definitely for the second one anyway, it seemed like he was inside, he was on the line at least, if not in, in the square. So you'd imagine a penalty, but whatever David Goff saw, it could be different to what we saw on the television, but you nearly imagine that. A black card wasn't harsh enough. You nearly, you were nearly, would you imagine a red card could be seen in that situation? Because it was a good goal scoring chance. But sure. But another thing, like Tip can be proud. They've had a great year, and look at what they did do Sunday. A lot of other teams would have thrown in the towel, and they did stay fighting in the end. Did eleven goal scoring chances altogether. If some of them had to go in, I know there was school by errors at the back, and they cost them for a finish, like but. What they've created this year now, they can be more than proud of them and hopefully now driving on and starting with the minors now next Saturday, like playing in the Munster quarterfinal against against uh, Clare. So hopefully going forward now they can build on this because it is after being a great year. Like. Yeah, also I'd just like to congratulate the hip footballers and they'll never be forgotten year. And that day below in Parky Quive will live in the memories for years to come and will never be forgotten. And also I know that Johnny Nevin, the tip football manager, is coming up in the show and I'd like to wish the tip minor footballers very best luck against Clare in the Munster quarterfinal in Temple Stadium. It looks to be a good match. Also Paul Collins, the tip minor hurling manager, has also come up in the show and I'd like to wish him and all the lads the very best luck against Waterford in the Munster semi-final in Parky Rin. looks to be a classic game. Yeah, just another thing as well, it'd be remiss of us not to mention Shane Ronan stepping down this week as manager of the Tipperary ladies football team. He's certainly given us great days, Sean. Cheers, he has, yeah. He's been a, an excellent credit to the tip ladies football. He's led to a third campaign in Division 1, which is a great feat for tip footballers. He's won two All-Ireland Intermediates, 
were one that were one in seventeen and nineteen. And the performance of the seniors this year gives great hope and future to the Tip Ladies football in the years to come. Yeah, I suppose if it wasn't for a strange decision to call it the least uh, against Monaghan, Tip could maybe be looking forward to an all Ireland semi-final this year, but it wasn't to be. And I suppose from myself and from Sean, I suppose we want to wish him the best and thank him for everything that he's done. He certainly raised the profile of the ladies football and wish him all the best for the future. The fairy tale ended for Tipperary last Sunday when they were defeated by me on the All Ireland football semi final on a scoreline of 520 to 313. James along the line now is former Tipperary men footballer selector uh, Fergal McDonald. Uh, Fergal, welcome to the show. Thanks, nice to have you. Uh, for the, the progress that was made since the Munster final and the fact that uh, football was in the limelight, do you think the defeat on Sunday will make any difference to that? It does look like a bit of a thumping at, at the end of the day. But, uh, you know, in credit to the second half was, you know, in fact, we won the second half uh, on, on the scoreboard. They really gave them everything and showed them that, you know, the tip boys can play football at that level. Um, we just, unfortunately, that second quarter in the first half, where we conceded, um, what we conceded about three six, the to three points in that second quarter, um, and that's that was the big difference. At the end of the day, hopefully we can take it, learn from it, and move on from it. I need to learn from it and and, and develop and grow that for me now shortly. Yeah, as well. So tip. They did start well to a certain extent, but the two goal chances then, and especially the second one from Conor Sweeney, within 40 seconds, the ball was in the tip net line. Yeah, yeah. Look, we there was definitely two um, two golden opportunities after a really great start. You know, I, I thought we thought we first ten minutes we were competing well. Um, you know, we we're sniffing out a lot of their chances going into the forward line. Uh, we were creating our own chances as we had two golden opportunities for goals and fairness to Clarksy made two great saves for them um, you know and they, they didn't get the rubber of the green they got their goal from it but you know we responded quite well with Brian Fox getting the getting our goal in the first half as well of that so look at the I say it's coming up to the first water break um, we're probably what probably maybe three four points down you know we're well in it competing well around the field or that uh, may, may or clinical like they were taking their scores well or that like I think they only maybe had one wide throughout the whole the whole game or something like that or especially um, the majority of the game uh, they, they were clinical in, in front of goals in that respect we we missed opportunities, but like that, especially in the first half. Yeah, a lot of unforced errors, especially during the first half. But uh, there's positives to take from it as well. Like we, apart from the three goals that we did score, and three thirteen at this time of year is a great score. But we also had eight points scoring opportunities that were missed. Like. Yeah, no, no. The, the, the second half, um, really, if you take that second quarter out um, after. The water break up leading half time. We take that out of it. Um, like the second half, we were very competitive. We were winning our own. We broke through on at least on four occasions, if not more, five uh, in on goals. You know, um, probably unlucky for one not to be a penalty. It was just right on the on, on the edge of the square. Lee Keegan ended up getting a black card for it. Um, uh, you know, there was missed opportunities in that in, in that respects, but 
you have to take the positives that we were getting into those positions and you know and they're the things that we'll have to work on going forward um you know and this is kind of the experience a lot of these lads will need to get to get up to the for competing with these big guys um and that's why I think next year, you know, it's, it's probably vital for us to get out of Division 3, get up into Division 2. We're competing against the bigger bigger teams. If we keep playing in the Division 3 or Division 4, you know, we're, that's the standard you're going to set yourself at. You need to be playing the bigger teams to, to keep yourself developing and bringing players on as well at the same time. And to get up to that speed and tempo of a game. Yeah, I suppose that's the target going forward now. Uh, the immediate target would be to um, get out of Division 3 as quickly as possible. Like. Definitely, definitely. And looking at Division 3 for next year, like um, like there is some good quality teams in there, but we shouldn't fear any of them. You know, we're, we should be well able to compete with them. We should be well able to take them on and win these games and, and, and get out of Division 3 next year. So, ho- look, hopefully this year running the championship will stand to these, um, stand to the tip players or that. You know, fair just to David and, and his selectors and his management, like the blood of a few younger players this year. You know, Paddy Fien coming in, Parry Clomans coming in there, Tyke Fitzgerald as well. Like they, they brought in a good few players over the, the championship over the last couple of weeks or that. So I can be hoping to see some of these players now with mark and push on again for next year. Yeah, because obviously trying to get promoted in that, like people must remember too, we were only kicking the ball two years ago from going to Division One football, like. Yeah, yeah, and it was ironically that was against Cavan uh, at the time up up in um, Berkeley Park. Um, you know, it was, I think we lost by a point at the end of the day. Um, again, it, it was a kick of a ball from us from getting promotion to Division 1. And Kevin are back down into Division 3 for us next year again. So, so there's, there's a lot of tough teams in there. You know, you can't take anything for granted. And you, the, the hard work has, still has to continue and the players have to put in the hard work and the management have to put in the hard work. And, and I'm pretty sure these the, 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 tip, the players that are there, they're well capable of doing that and, and, and moving on. You know, um, we can't be having moral victories all the time or that. You know, it was great. The Bridge 85 gear gap for the Munster final has, has been fantastic. But, you know, we need to be stepping up and keep keep moving forward and, and getting up and competing with the, some of the bigger counties. Yeah, obviously a lot more talent to come. And sure, with the football's not over yet for the year, but if the minors next Saturday playing clear in the stadium, like, so hopefully there'll be a few lads there. Yeah, hopefully they, they'll feed into that. You know, they'll feed into up, up, what the seniors have done this year, you know, and they can know Johnny Nevin over the tip, minor footballers that, you know, he'll have them hopefully focused in and keyed in on that. And, you know, hopefully they'll give a good account for themselves. And look, they really need to get a victory. We haven't had a minor victory in quite some time um, in, in the Munster Championship. You look, and, and they have a, if you want to call it the easier path to get to Munster final. Um, you know, if we, we get over Clare, you meet the winners of Waterford and Limerick in a Munster semi final. Uh, where the winners of Corker Kerry probably are there waiting for us as well then at that rate so hopefully if we can get the win next weekend against Clare fantastic you move on to the next round if it's one game at a time but hopefully the boys can do it in, in the minors and bring some of those young players on as well Yeah probably a controversial question now but on the on the fact of promoting football we've seen this year with the senior championship how successful we were playing hurling one week football the following week is it something that you can see working at underage level maybe? Like it's very hard to promote football if a under 12, 14, 16 is finished in April. 
I, I agree. I agree. Um, definitely, because um, something definitely has to has to change in that that respect of that. Like uh, you've seen guys like I've I, I've not I've known players you know they're mad to play football or that, and they get one or two games, and that's it for the year at, at underage, uh, minor under twenty one. You know, and uh, these guys are well able to play football, but they're not getting exposed. And 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 they play that football in in February. You know, it's probably not the kindest part of the year to be playing football or any, or, or hurling for any game in that respect. But they get one or two games in February, and that's it. They don't get any more after that. And it says a lot of their clubs then don't uh, cater for them at, at any grade once at at that level. So yeah, definitely at underage, we need to be. Uh, promoting a lot more um, and something that we'll have to look at as well is running competitions like if, if if we have a player that's involved with a county team yeah okay it goes with the county team but we can't be forgetting about the club player that as well they're the players that are getting kind of getting left behind we need to be able to be catering for them as well and making sure that they're playing hurling football throughout the whole year as well at the same time Yeah I just seen a tweet after the match there from Sean Stableton and Obviously, the best three men in that now, but he said this uh, for the Holman community, there's no point tapping Tipperary footballers on the back. This every child in the county should be given the opportunity to play both Holman and football, and now's the time to get behind them. Like, without, without a doubt, without a doubt, and um, I, I, I'm a firm believer that the whole Tipperary structure when it comes to games and the championship games, right across the board from 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 the young age right up to adult levels really needs to be looked at and see how we can streamline it a lot much more much better in that and uh, and provide more games for 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 the for, for your club players because it's the club players that you know bring on the county players and you'd be surprised then club players will improve they're going to be get exposed to more quality games as well at the same time you know and and, and not so much be stuck within your division as well you know you need to be um Obviously, if you're going to be playing the same teams in year in, year out, you're going to stay at that level. That's what I'm saying. You've got to be exposed. Like North teams need to be exposed to the South teams and playing them more regularly and the mid and the West. And it needs to be mixed up in, in that respect. Thanks for having yeah, me. Well, Hopefully we'll speak again in the new year. Father, thanks for joining us on the show. And we hope to be talking to you again very soon. After numerous delays due to COVID, Tipperary minor footballers finally get their Munster Championship campaign underway when the take-on cleared this Saturday evening at 5 o'clock in Simple Stadium. Joining us along the line now to discuss the game is Tipperary minor football manager Johnny Niven. Johnny, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, Johnny, it's been a while coming. Yes, indeed. It's It's been a, a very unusual season. It's been very disjointed, I suppose. Um, as I was saying to the players tonight, it's not many years you have three pre-season training um, hard slugs to go through, so that's been the case this year, but we're very thankful of the opportunity, of course, to be able to play the championship. There were times this year where we were very concerned, would this be going on or not? Would, we, would it be a possibility or not? So we're, we're very much thankful that we have the chance now on Saturday to get our, hopefully, our successful season well underway. Had you, obviously, a lot of uh, stoppages during, with COVID and that now. Had you much contact with the players during lockdown? Lockdown itself was the best part of 18 weeks, which in every sense is a long, long time to be away from a group of players. And so, for, I suppose, not knowing how long it was going to be, we get a program worse maybe the first month or two, maybe, and hope, thinking we'd be hopefully in place in June. And then when that extended into it, we let them off maybe the last, in, in the last month of it, okay, maybe July into August. But um, they've been very good. They have consistently tra- with, with, you know, been tracked. They have done their runs. They've done their strength and conditioning. Um, 
the ability to maybe keep up their football skills was limited in a sense unless they had someone at home or a wall to kick the ball off and sort of they were like uh, young calves in the field when they got back training to us they were mad for action ready to go um, and play football you know and that's all they want to do is play football for the county and they're very proud to do so and it's been a privilege to be to be asked to be involved with them and to be with such an honest group of players we, we're delighted with them and we just wish, to, wish them the very early success now in the, in the weeks to come hopefully Yeah and usually at this time of the year you're looking forward to the following year ahead and you'll be looking at what players to be bringing in uh, have you brought anybody in with the option of looking at him for next year? Yeah, so I suppose this time last year, we had a lot done with the age group that was, say, under 16, which would have been the fulcrum of our mainstay of this year's current team. So after the under 15 or the 16 championship the year before, we had, of course, because not, not a lot of the dual players were now available to us, we had to go back out to the county and look at development squads. And after the Tom Column tournament early that year, we took in 90 players who had that. And we worked with them over the course of six months. And then then about around this week last year, we had two or three trials coming up to Christmas of the team uh, under 15s, under 16s. So really, we only got we got work maybe in the best part of early January of this year with that panel. But yeah, we, we would have brought in at different stages a large number of players and kind of tried to develop the whole football thing with them and to try and bring it down to a panel of 34. So we turned the corner in January of this year with maybe 64 players available to us. And we got that to 48 players maybe around January, February and then a championship panel. And we've had a number of players being brought in and brought out, you know, brought in as well over the course of the last, say, two months as well. And, so we're, and, and we have a panel now of 35 players, um, of which we can only, of course, tag out 24 on, on Saturday. And that's probably a disappointing part of it. That Even that 11 who... Um, who won't be on the playing panel for for Saturday, won't be able to even attend the match, which I suppose is, listen, we're, we're thankful of the opportunity to play in the matches, but that's one of the drawbacks, I'd say, um, which is not really fair on the players who have given as much commitment. But I know, I do understand the reasons for it and, um, and hopefully we'll be, we'll be standing here next week or sitting down here next week, still involved in the championship and those players will have an opportunity then to play again. Yeah, looking at your panel, uh, you've obviously looked at all four corners of the county, like there's, players from 19 different clubs like that's that's a very unusual occurrence it is it is as someone said we players from Grange Mokler and all the way up to Lurra and, and everywhere in between you know um, listen the south the south area has about 17 players you know and then the mid is 12 and then we players in the west and then from, from the north as well so irrespective of the club you presented a training and you did well you know that was that was what was important to us you know what I mean and they, they gelled very well uh, most of them have been together maybe the, for the best part of maybe two years now um, and you know, have, have, you know all our challenge matches I suppose we were we were inhibited in such a way we, we've only believed since we came back we played Wicklow in a challenge match in Sample Stadium they're back there in the first week of October and then we were kind of going towards lockdown so we weren't able to play Sligo or Snee but we've had competitive in-house training games I think Davey Power would have said no Challenge matches weren't available. They were very important. They were very important, have been very important to us and then pushing for a place in the panel, you know. So, yeah, that would be the, that would be the case. But yeah, we're delighted. Like, it, it's, it's a, it's a chip-ready football team across all, all four corners, which is great. Obviously, uh, the senior footballers taking the limelight so far this year. Uh, do you think that result in the Munster final will inspire these fellas concerned? Yeah, because you know what? In, in, in a funny kind of way, the draw for the minor replicates the draw for the senior in the sense it's Claire V tip 
the winners played the winners of Limerick and Waterford and then it'd be Cork or Kerry in the Munster final. So there's a pathway there and there's a route and a kind of a roadway to a, to a Munster. But yeah, we'll take great great confidence uh, from what the seniors have done and you know and how proud you'd be of them yesterday, you know, even despite a few mistakes and they play football the way football should be played. You know, they go one on one and they they, they they played a great speed and a high skill level and that's something that I think Tipperary is most suited to, you know, we can all play in systems and dropping players back and just, you know, you know what I mean? Well, listen, defence is obviously important but when you have the ball you're looking to attack and, and, and score and that's something that we'll be trying to do. I don't suppose you tapped into Davey for any advice or was he on hand there for you? Uh, yeah, listen, over the last two weeks now we've been kind of training side by side with the seniors in a sense since we were back. Davey has been, listen, Davey Power would have a big influence on, on all of us as coaches and managers, you know, over the years. I, we, we, I worked with David there with Matt O'Doherty there about two or three years ago as well, you know, and David would, I used to David to appear at a training session to see how you're getting on, how are they getting on, how are they going, you know. So, but listen, if we can play with the same approach that Davey had his players playing with, you know, we'd be very happy, you know what I mean? Because, you know, there's a, there's a sense of honesty, a sense of pride in the county as well. When, when that jersey goes over the shoulders, we want, there's, there's an expectation that you'll be determined and do your best for your for your county and that's that comes from from the senior team and it goes all the way down to all our teams. We haven't had the success in underage in the last years that we'd hoped we'd have. But listen, we're hoping that on Saturday we might be the turn that corner and then and then hopefully progress from there and onwards maybe towards a muster final again, which would be great, great achievement. Yeah well there'll be plenty to look forward to for Saturday anyway. And uh wish you the best of luck and hopefully we'll be talking next week. Uh, looking forward to a Munster semi final. Yeah most definitely. I'd love to have a chat again next week. It'd be great. This Saturday afternoon, the Tipperary Minor Hurlers travel to Parky Ring and Cork to take on Waterford in the Munster semi final. Jane is along the line now is Tipperary manager Paul Collins. Paul, welcome to the show. Afternoon, Thomas. How are you? Not too bad now. Uh, Paul, obviously, a frustrating stop start year due to COVID. Club Kerry on the 18th of October, then within 48 hours, the championship put in hold again. Yeah, sure, Thomas, it's been a, a, a very interrupted year, really, since um, since uh, March the 9th, when, when um, COVID hit us. Uh, we, we've had a six-month hiatus, and then, obviously, when we got the news that we were going back training on the 14th of September, where we were delighted, and we had a good run up to the up to the Kerry game, and as, as you alluded to, two days later, we got the bad news that we were um, on pause again. But, look, it's been a very uncertain period, uh, with, with zero clarity, really, but... Thankfully, yes, Tuesday night we got the clarity we were looking for and we got we got the news we were looking for and it's really looking forward to Saturday. Yeah, yeah had you much contact with the boys there over the last six weeks during the second lockdown? Well, it was, I suppose, a different type of situation because we, obviously, we were given them individual work to do themselves and the fact that they were back in school during this period was slightly different so they were able to um, to do the work in their pods probably with their schools and integrate with their schools but as regards ourselves, yes, we're just giving individual work to do, so it was, uh, it was beneficial. Yeah, looking back to the Kerry game, you had a slow opening quarter before getting on top. Uh, you had 11 different scorers in that game. It must have been a particular satisfaction for you. Like. Yeah, well, look, I suppose we had a poor start, all right, but it probably was a small, a small degree of nervousness with a couple of guys and took us maybe five or ten minutes to get to the pitch of the game. But no, we were reasonably happy after that. Um, I think it was 34 points we put up, which is which is, which is de- decent shooting. And um, as you said yourself, we had a, a wide range of scores, which is good. We're not we're not dependent on any one score or one guy. 
and there's a massive team ethos in our in our in our group. So um, that's what we'll need again on Saturday: a, a good spread of scores and a, um, a team performance. Yeah, a lot of players would have been involved in 2019, but despite not having success, uh, do you think the experience of last year helped these lads? Yeah, I think it, I think it has. Um, we, well, I suppose we went with a, with a lot of these guys. I think nine nine of them started games last year over the over the course of the of the four round robin games. And yeah, uh, I think most definitely being being used to being in around the setup. They're with us nearly two years now. Some of these guys, so being in around the setup and knows knowing what's required. I suppose some of them would have phys- physically developed a lot over the last eighteen months. And um, look, it doesn't promise you anything as regards results, but it does give them an edge as regards the experience they had. And they know what's required at this level. And they they had a tough year last year. We all had a tough year, but sometimes you learn lots in defeat as well. And uh, hopefully they'll bring that experience uh, to to good uh, to good use on Saturday. Yeah, Waterford Hurling is obviously on the high at the moment with the seniors in the All Ireland Sunday. So obviously they'll look to take inspiration for their senior hurlers. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it is a great, a real feel good. Um, Atmosphere down there, and look, Liam and, and Mikey have done a fantastic job, and that that often feeds down to the underage teams, and whether it be in the training field or if just generally around the whole setup. So look, we we have no illusions of what we're up against on Saturday. Waterford have been doing very well in in, in the schools competitions in in Harty, and I suppose more importantly for minor at the moment is is the Dean Ryan, and um, they've been in the latter stages of them. So look, we we. We know that we're going to be in, we're in for a massive test on Saturday and we'll have to perform to our maximum to, uh, to come up with a result. Yeah, have you any injury worries, Paul? Um, we have one or two small little niggles tomorrow, but like we'd be hoping to be able to pick from a, a more or less fully fit panel come Saturday, hopefully. Yeah, I believe that it's the same as the previous match against Kerry that are you only allowed 24 in on the day like that must be frustrating yeah look it's a it's a, it's a shame really that's what we're led to believe it's a shame particularly for my players um, it's, all, it's all about them the match that would not go on without them and we have a, a, we have a panel of over 30 players and they are putting in as much as effort as anybody else so unfortunately uh, we'll be leaving at home 10 players or so on, on, on Saturday. Um, it's, a, it's an awful situation, really, to be honest. But unfortunately, I don't make the regulations or the rules. I'm just at the game with it. Yeah, usually at this time of the year as well, uh, you'd be looking forward to next year. Uh, have you brought in anybody to look at for next year? Or are you just concentrating on Waterford at the moment? No, we're just concentrating on, on the task in hand, to be honest. Because um, we've had such a short lead into this that... Um, you just really you you owe it to the current panel to to, to be focusing on, on what's what's in hand now, and that's the twelfth of December, three pm, Parky Ring, and that's all we're really thinking about. Yeah, well, we've been lucky enough in our CK streaming to cover a good few minor games this year. I'm not out probably one of the best panels that we've ever seen. Like so, hopefully they can get over the line on Saturday, and we wish you the best of luck, Paul. And thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks very much, Thomas. Thank you. Joining us along the line here now is Waterford Senior Hurling Manager Liam Cahan. Liam, welcome to the show. When you came in last December, obviously Waterford hadn't won a game since 2017 semi-final. What was the confidence like in the camp? I'd say a lie if I say confidence was high. It wasn't. I suppose there was a little bit of... Um, I, I would say that maybe their energy levels were, were low. Um, 
enthusiasm more so than confidence was was a little bit on the on the low side. So it was a case of of really just putting structures in place to get back out onto the hurling field to create a few things, give fellas a little bit more of a of a feel good factor about themselves and take it match by match to try and improve. So that's where we started out from day one. Um, with confidence, I wouldn't say the confidence was fully gone, but I definitely say that their their enthusiasm to to believe in themselves a little bit a little bit was was um, was suspect, you know. But but having said that, they've applied themselves really well now since I've been there and, and gone really well about their business training and doing their utmost to, 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 to improve each each day they come to the field. So really positive for me from that side please. Was it your goal when you came in Liam to get to an all earning final? Absolutely. I, you know it was one of our, our, our goals from the start that we would take it obviously match by match, but our, our goal was ultimately like every intercounty holder, you know, is to reach the All Ireland final and, and hopefully win it. So um, I didn't feel that was was a, an extravagant goal to, to be achieving uh, to, to be aiming for. So uh, we felt it was realistic. So thrilled now that we're in, in a position now to try and go on and win, and win the All Ireland. Yeah, Mikey Beavens, Liam, your trusted lieutenant. He's obviously had a huge impact as well since he came in. Yeah, well, Mikey Beavens is is an integral part of this setup. Um, you know, the relationship he has with his players on the field and on the coaching field is, is just, you know, extraordinary, really. He's, he's, a, he's a serious man, a serious, uh, seriously good coach and, um, you know, oozes energy and enthusiasm. Everything you'd need your players to be, he's that in the middle of them every night training. And, you know, that's a big part. You know, obviously you have to have the players, but a big part of us being here in yeah. the position we're in contesting all our final next Sunday is you know is, is, is down to that man as much as the players and, and, and the rest of the management team they put in a marvellous effort and um, um, you know we just hope now that we have enough done and, and make sure that we're um, ready to go Not singling out any players but is it fair to say that Stephen Bennett is probably playing the best hurling of his career at the moment Yeah I know Stephen Bennett is a great player he, he's always he always was, even in, in uh, you know, Stephen Bennett, he's a really good player. I've seen him perform consistently with his club there as well through the years. And, uh, you know, a good underage, came up through the underage system here in Waterford. And, you know, and these fellas, you know, it, players come at different stages in their careers. Like, you know, and this is Stephen Bennett's time now. He's 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 standing up and he's getting consistent. And he's, he's I suppose, enjoying his hurling too, which is a big factor to any player. Um uh, playing well is that you have to start enjoying your hurling and, and making sure that you're uh, expressing yourself every day you go out so I'm really happy that Stephen is in the place he's in and, and please God he'll bring it on again in, in, in two weeks time yeah. Thanks. no problem Joining us now along the line is Waterford selector Stephen Frampton Stephen do you think at the start of the year you've been in an All-Ireland final? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, you know, it's it's all been very strange. Um, it doesn't happen to us too often uh, getting to All Ireland finals. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's a great year so far. But we we'd like to try and finish it off as well. Obviously, Liam Carr has instilled a high work rate in the team. I I, I suppose you know the the lads have have come in, uh, Mikey and Liam, and and uh, they they've made a great difference, and they've they've kind of. It built a, a, a kind of a, a belief again and a bit of confidence into the players because the players haven't become bad players all, all, all overnight, you know. And, and uh, but you know their enthusiasm for it and, and uh, just the, the hard work ethic has has uh, paid off so far. And, and the players are really enjoying it and they've built their confidence around that. And, and you can see in their performances they're playing with a lot of confidence. 
if you look back in 8 and 17, they probably got caught up in the hype a bit too much. But this year with COVID, they won't affect them at all. Yeah, no, look, that's... I'd make no secret about it. It's 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 certainly helped us uh, keep everybody uh, in check and keep keep uh, the players. I I think the the players are well grounded anyway this time round. Uh, not saying that they weren't the last time, but I I, I feel that the, that they're well grounded and and it's only natural that with with less hype um, that you know they, they don't get caught up in it and they're not thinking the wrong way, shall we say? And but but. Like just to refer to that as well, like that, it, it's a very, very natural thing for the Waterford public to to become very, very excited and to generate an awful lot of hype because we've had so little success. So we 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 need to try and embrace that as best we can as well and, and not dampen it down because, um, it, as I said, it doesn't happen very often to us and and it it is a natural thing that them they would get excited about this. But we just need to try and shelter the players from that uh, as best we can. Joining us now along the line is Warford captain Connor Prunty. Connor, what difference has Liam Cahill made up compared to the last two years? It's hard to answer. Uh, look, he's bringing, brought in a fresh uh, approach, I suppose, he's a new voice. Steve Dunhurn, um, he's a real honest and straight guy. And uh, I think lads have really just bought into his ideas and his way and, and really worked hard for him. Himself and Mikey Beavins is their fifth all Ireland in the last six years. How will that experience stand here coming into this final? Yeah, um, yeah, they're, look, they're very... Um, I don't know what to say really about that. They've beaten us a few lines on the way up under eight. So, uh, but yeah, look, they're a successful uh, duo and... Um, I suppose I hope their experience does pay through to us in the next few weeks. Yeah. What was the feeling like at the final after overcoming such a high quality team like Kilkenny? Yeah, I suppose uh, anytime you get a winning core park, you're, you're happy. And uh, I suppose overcoming, as you said, a team quality of Kilkenny and showing battling qualities that we did. Uh, yeah, really happy. Turtles Credit Union wishes all its members a happy Christmas and would ask its members to please support local businesses this holiday period. By shopping local, we can support each other and play our part in sustaining local communities. Shop local and borrow local with Turtles Credit Union. Joining us now along the line is Parik Mahoney. Parik, great to see Waterford back in the all earning final. Obviously heartbreaking for yourself not to be involved. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, we've obviously been starving off of all our final appearances. Uh, over the last number of years and um, obviously you know we'd be hoping to go a step further than 2017 There seems to be a huge unity in the panel since the new management came in I think they've just brought a you know a, an energy to the whole thing that um, is at the seat right down right across the you know the, the panel of players that's there and um, you know they're installing a new a level of work work ethic um, but also allowing the lads to go out and express themselves with a bit of freedom once once the ball is thrown into so it's uh, I think they're just they're after striking a nice balance uh, right across of what's required. You're obviously disappointed yourself to be missing out in the game. Yeah, look, absolutely. It's of course it's very very tough, um, especially you know after I suppose the hard work was probably done, um, and then just obviously a week or two off from championship then to. You know, obviously, it's a cruel blow. But look, at the end of the day, I'm not the only person in this situation either. Like, you know, you've Dara Fives there, who's had a soldier for a number, a number of years with m- multiple injuries, and uh, you know, he was he was obviously Tuesday night before championship, he went down with an injury, and 
I suppose you know it's kind of the way the championship is kind of run off this year. He, you know, a simple calf injury from Dara, and I obviously you know an ACL for me. But yet the two of us had the same kind of outcome where we both missed the championship. So it's um, tough in that sense. But look, that's there's a panel of players there, and that's what it's you know always have one or two lads unfortunately who will pick up knocks and and injuries as as you go along. Having said that, you must be delighted that Liam still has you in or around the setup, still involved. Yeah, I suppose if Liam would have made it. You know, at the start he would have kind of saying, "Look, it'd be great to kind of have you still involved." And obviously, I've been, you know, a lot of people would have loved to be in my situation, just to be in around the, the team and being able to even get out, get out of the house over the lockdown. Where so I was obviously very glad to take him up on that opportunity. And if I suppose if I can have a positive influence on on anything really, whether it's you know just even being at training and picking slitters up and you know bringing water in is as good as you know as I can do. It probably at the moment. It, but then obviously come come the game but then if you can have one or two, you know, words and a few last years if it can help but then you know great. How impressed have you been with Limerick? Yeah, and look I think, you know, a sign of a good team was when Galway had the momentum on, on on Sunday and they were you know, they were really putting pressure on Limerick. Limerick kept coming back and you know, they got the vital scores at the vital stage, so they're you know, they're really I suppose they're an experienced team now as well at this stage when they won their first All Ireland. Two, two years ago now, um, you know they were kind of you know the new kind of kids on the block, but you now they're after you know I suppose they're after sustaining that form over the last two years, and you know it's obviously going to be a huge um, task, but we need to really just step up on our performance from the Munster final, and uh, you know hopefully we can get over the line. We're joined here now along the line by Limerick forward Tom Morrissey. Tom, you leave your family behind, heading out the door the morning of a game and say your goodbyes. Obviously, they'd love to be at the game to support you. Yeah, look, um, I'm very close, obviously, to, to everyone on the team and, and especially Dan, you know, it is nice. Um, you know, we won a league this year and a, and a Munster Championship and, you know, it was, it, it was like obviously usually privileged and, and we know we're lucky to be able to play, you know, uh, the championship this year. Um, but it was a, maybe a small bit disappointing um, that we couldn't have our, our, our close relatives to us and, 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 you know, going out maybe playing the, the All-Ireland final next week and, you know, after the match again. Um, just such a big moment in our lives and not to have those people that are so important to you um, at the game and, you know, as you said, just kind of to share those moments with that in the immediate aftermath of a, of a game. You know, you immediately go to your family and, and those people who were with you and supported you all through the years and, and not to have him there is disappointing. And, you know, it would be nice maybe if the GA, I don't know if they are, but if they could look into maybe getting, you know, family there. I don't think a big stadium like Crow Park, 82,000 seats. I don't think there's any reason why why, why it couldn't be made possible. Um, you know, it's only, you're looking for maybe 500 people in an 82,000 capacity stadium, you know, w- w- would do it. Um, and it would mean, I know, mean a whole lot to the players. Um, I mean a huge amount of seed over in England that this weekend you know they're going back trialling crowds in, in, into into sporting games and you know it's an outdoor arena and I just think it would be safe and you know it would be nice um, but it is it is a small bit disappointing Are you putting in any extra bit of free take and practice if Aaron Galan is rolled out with injury? Yeah look um, I, I, I don't think it'll daunt me as a, as a free taker you have to 
you just have to you have your routine you have it prepped and it's just about going up stepping up and, and sticking to that routine that you have and uh, and and implementing it on the day no matter what what match it is you know I take freeze for the club um, all the way up along and I've taken him you know I took him in court two years ago when when Aaron was injured or got, 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 got off that day um, down in Porky Cueve in 2018 so it's 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 not something that'll phase me but you know, I don't. I'm not concerned about it at the moment because I'm focused on it, and I'm pretty sure that Aaron will be playing come Sunday week. Do you think the big game experience you've built up over the last few years has helped going into Sunday? Um, yeah, I think you definitely, you definitely do. Experience does bring that bit of that bit of calmness. Um, I think definitely. I, I know this year obviously is, is different to others. You know, usually running out into you know for Munster final day or John Crow Park for an All Ireland semi final. Um, I was trying to reflect, you know, at the weekend there going out against Galway, it was a bit more, definitely was a lot more relaxed and I, I didn't know was it to put down due to playing in an empty stadium or whatnot. Would that, I think that would generate increased nerves, especially on match day. Um, I think that's one thing, definitely, I think as a player myself, I felt, you know, it is that little bit more relaxed and, and you're able to get your feel for the game that, that bit easier and, and those nerves aren't there. And I think you can kind of see that in, in the players, the way that we're playing at the moment as well. You know, there's a lot more maybe composure on the ball, you know, games are, are, are high scoring. And I think maybe the fact that it's an empty stadium maybe allows for that player to be a bit more relaxed and composed on the ball. And, and you can see that in the performances. When growing up and dreaming of wearing the green and white jersey, did you ever expect to be as successful as you have been? Um, yeah, I, I know. I suppose it's it's a good question, and I think um, it's kind of one that you don't tend to reflect on when you're when you're in the middle of your career. Really, um, it's it's more for a time, I suppose, when when I'm retired and I'm going to look back on my Limerick career. That's um, I suppose I'll then decide did it exceed my expectations or whatnot, but. You know, at the moment, it's just current focus and I suppose living in the now and just trying to, to win every game and every trophy that's there to be won each each year that we go out and each competition that we play in. Um, you know, there's no denying that the, the last few years, like, they, they have been unreal for, for Limer Curling, considering maybe the lack of success that was there in the years before. Um, so... I in it, I don't really know if it's exceeded my expectations. I don't think it has. I think we're a very ambitious group. Um, we we probably were lucky enough to have success at underage as well. Um, you know, this I suppose my group we, we started at under sixteen, won in all Ireland, and you know back to back monster minors, and you know have have two monster under twenty ones and two all Ireland under twenty ones as well. So, you know, go, going off that, and I know I was lucky to be on those teams, but. I suppose success was something that was ingrained in us, and you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that we're exceeding expectations with everything that we've done thus far. Joining us along the line now is Declan Hannan, Limerick captain. Declan, is there much of a change in the team since 2018? How you approach games? I don't know if there's been a massive change. I suppose lads have, as you said, they're really young, but they're they're massively experienced. Even playing minor monster finals, all Ireland finals, twenty one finals, always up along. They've been in big games, so like I learned a massive amount from all of those guys as well. That's, that came up from the from the ranks of minor number twenty one and into the senior setup as well. Um, but like as you said, they've all taken on leadership roles throughout the last number of years, and they continue to do so. Like new lads popping up the whole time who take on responsibility and training and Jordan matches to make big play so like, it's a massive team effort and panel effort um, and that's what, that's what we pride ourselves on You were obviously delighted with getting over Galway but how would you rate the performance yourself? 
Uh, yeah, delighted with the results. Um, like Galway are a massively physical team. Like they, at the last number of times we played against them, there's been very few scores in it. Again, the same last year, I suppose there was a lot of bodies around the middle of the pitch as well. Look, it was a tough game. I, I wouldn't say we were delighted with our performance. Um, like we said ourselves, I suppose, high targets that we didn't meet. Um, the last, unfortunately, with a lot of, I suppose we created a lot of a lot of chances that we just didn't have part and like we'd be hoping to, to the next day against Waterford. Um, but like these games, this year they're there to be won and that often by buying two points, three points, whatever one you want to take. Have you been surprised with the change in Waterford considering their performances the last few years? Yeah, massively impressed because they have been all year. Like in all of their games, I don't think they've they've lost the whole fight in league or championship um, since the start of the year, but like Waterford were in the All Ireland final in 2007 as well. Like, you know, it's not as if you become a bad team overnight or anything like that. And I suppose 18 and 19 just didn't go their way. And we know how years can, can go by very, very quickly with very few wins. And it can change very, very quickly as well. And like Liam Cannon has done a serious job with them. And, you know, they were very, very impressive against the last day to come, to come back from the number of points they were down at half time against a team like Kenny. You'd have to tap, tap your hand to them. What exciting rule is building ahead of this Sunday's All Ireland Senior Hurling final between Limerick and Water? Joining us along the line now to look forward to the game are Brian Flannery and Mark Foley. Welcome to the show, lads. Thanks. Thanks, Tomas. Thank you. Brian, what's the mood like along Waterford? Yeah, look, I suppose it's, there's, it's, I suppose, look, it's a mad year and it's a mad to be thinking of preparing for an All Ireland coming into to nearly Christmas, you know. So it is a, it is very different. Um, it's, I suppose, the build up has been, I suppose muted to be honest with you. you you don't have the couple of thousand people going to watch the team training or anything and there's no scramble for tickets so it is very different and um but it's been that type of year so I think people are just looking forward to I suppose watching the game and making arrangements maybe to to watch it with family I suppose in a lot of cases and um, you know, it's great to have something to look forward to. It's been a been a tough year for for a lot of people, and um, you know, I suppose look, Waterford are probably the only Division One county that hasn't won it on Ireland in recent years or modern times. So it is still a big deal, um, and and I suppose Waterford are looking on this as a, as a huge opportunity. Yeah, do you think the fact that the game is behind closed doors, um, Waterford don't have to deal with the hype like they did in 08 and 17, it's that helped to them, like? Absolutely, and uh, you know, even the the players this week, not to have to the worry of trying to sort out tickets for family and friends and club members, and um, you know, and let's be honest about it, the the lot of the scores in the games this year have been you know been very high. I think Waterford did two twenty seven the last day, like. There's no doubt about it. It's it's a lot easier whether you're standing over a free or you know in front of the post to 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 score uh, when there's nobody there than if there was eighty thousand people up in up in Crow Park. So I think it is definitely suiting the the low key build up, the fact that it's behind closed doors. I think that all suits, I suppose, a team that hasn't done it before. And um, you know, the one major advantage Limerick have is that. You know, they've been there, they've done that, they, they've won their All-Ireland, they know what it, it takes to get over the line. And while Waterford in probably the last 20, 25 years have had opportunities and, you know, have been in a couple of All-Irelands that, that haven't really went for them, um, you know, to, to be able to go to Crow Park without the, I suppose, the, the hype and the razzmatazz that normally is associated with an All-Ireland. Like, I don't even know if there's going to be a parade before the game on, on, on next Sunday. So, you know, all these things probably does help a team that's relatively inexperienced and has yet to win an All-Ireland. So, 
yeah, I think there's it, there's definitely something in that, Thomas. Yeah, Mark, uh, Limerick, they've won all the league and championship games this year, but do you think when the Cahawva Galway the last that they never reached the usual heights? Do you think that's an advantage going into the final? Like, there's plenty to improve on. Like? Yeah, I'd say it probably is. To be fair, I, I well, you know, as as Brian said there, like it is a completely different year. I, I think there's no danger of anyone losing any focus this year because they're so, you know, there's 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 no real sideshows as such going on. But um, yeah, I think definitely um, if there was any area of doubt about the um, their level of con- levels of concentration or their focus coming into the game. Well, I, I think they'd be definitely banished after the, the last day. And and uh, you know, I, 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 even though I, I think they were, I suppose they, they ran out winners in the end. They wouldn't have been happy with their performance. And maybe maybe elements of their performance anyway. They actually didn't. They'd say they'd be happy enough with their performance, but maybe their execution and the fact they didn't put away any goals at all to kind of kill off Galway and left them hanging there all through the game. And like Galway looked. Uh, for the last ten minutes, like they they could have got a result. I, I think they'll be they'll be disappointed with that Limerick. Um, so yeah, certainly I think they'll be they'll be focused the next day on on maybe just brushing up on a few, you know, negative negative elements of of their performance the last day. And certainly they'll be they'll be completely focused on the on, on the job at hand. Yeah, Limerick's bench is a huge advantage this year. They've, I think they've scored one eleven between them coming off the bench. But do you think John Kelly might be tempted to start Peter Casey? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd say a lot probably goes on. Well, obviously the matchups they'll have a look at what um, happened in the Munster final, and they'll also kind of you know have a look at especially what's going on in training. And I imagine last last weekend would last Sunday I think was it yeah last Saturday or Sunday was that was their last kind of in house game, and they, they would have put a huge focus on that in terms of picking a team for the for the All Ireland final. But I, I suppose if you look if you if you go on what he did the last day, Peter Casey was very impressive coming in off the bench. On top of that, I thought he was very good today in the Munster final as well. Very unfortunate to be taken off, like more so a lack of possession in the second half, more so than than doing anything wrong. So I think, yeah, if you look at Peter Casey, I suppose realistically, he's probably your top three or four club holders in Limerick, like, and he's an outstanding player. So, yeah, definitely there'll be strong, it'll be strong um, claims from the Peter side for for inclusion. But uh, again, it's looking at the matchups and they'll they'll have a look at the the in-house games as well to see how they go and. You know, I suppose the teams, the team for Sunday will be picked on the basis of that. Brian, uh, Liam Cotton had a huge statement when he came in with a swap for Boss, dropping Morris Shanahan and Noel Connors straight away. Do you think it was a sign of intent to let the players know that he was Boss and no players place was safe? Like, oh, absolutely. And like, I think you got to, to realize that the, I suppose, the distance that this Waterford team has traveled in such a short a space of time. Like 12 months ago in Welsh Park, they got an absolute hammering off of Limerick. I think Limerick beat them 20 points um, and only, Watford only scored 10 points. So, you know, they're on the back of, you know, almost three years without a win. I think nine championship games and no victory win before Liam Cannell took over. And, you know, I think he did. He fired a couple of shots early. He he dropped a couple of, I suppose, mainstays on the team, including Noel Connors, who was captain the previous year. So that was a big statement, I suppose, to the to the rest of the panel that, look, um, you know, it was going to be Liam's way or, or, or the highway. Um, and it's definitely set down a marker, you know, right from right from the get go. But I think you've seen that that players have responded, um, and it's quite the transformation, really. And I suppose, look, in, in fairness, Liam certainly comes across as a very a straight shooter. You know, he he lets players know where exactly they are. In the first three championship games this year, for example, he would have taken Austin Leeson off, which would have been, I suppose, a surprise. Um, you know, Austin would have scored in all those three games. But it was also noticeable after the last 
game against Kilkenny and the victory, the one player that Liam Cahill wanted to talk about was Austin Gleeson. Not not he's he's you know he's four points from play, but he's work rate, and uh, he was definitely singing his praises. And, and it was very clear that you know he was making the point that that Austin Gleeson was now on on the same page as his manager. Um, and that's what you get praised for under under Liam Cahill. He's your work rate, um, and that's sort of like a, I suppose that's a standard that every player must come up. It's a minimum standard required. So he's made a huge difference and. Um, look, at, I, I'm not even sure could Liam believe how well it's gone for him, you know, to such a, a, a change in such a, a short period of time, which is mostly the same players. You know, the Jack Prendergast, Connor Prunty, Callum Lines, all these guys were on the team last year as well. You know, Tizzy Hutchinson, I suppose, being one um, real newcomer to it that's made a difference. But, you know, more or less the same panel of players. And to, you know, end up in a, an All-Ireland final is, is quite the achievement uh, for a manager in his first year. The other thing was, if you think about it, like he's had limited contact time with the panel, given the shutdowns, the pandemic, um, you know, the opportunity to train has, has probably been shut, you know, for certainly half the year was closed. Um, didn't get to finish out the league, haven't qualified for the quarterfinal. Um, you know, so it's been a very different year. And in some ways, maybe the the... I suppose the structure a reverting back to I suppose where you 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 had the the sort of championship with with one knockout opportunity or one sort of losers group um Waterford getting to draw straight into Munster semi-final probably draw on Cork which suited them on that side of the draw um and again you know Clare coming out of the hat in the qualifiers they may well have had I suppose the the you know the better side of the draw to be honest but in fairness they've taken the opportunity and I think the second half performance, the last day against Kilkenny, um, proves that you know they're they're in the All Ireland on merit. You know what I mean? There's no, there was no fluke. It wasn't a, a last minute goal or anything. Um, they really out hurled Kilkenny and out Kilkenny, Kilkenny in in that semi final. So they're there on merit. Um, very similar to Limerick, I suppose, in a lot of ways in the way they play. And one of the big difference with this Watford team is. And again, not dissimilar to Limerick is the fact that they have substitutes who can come on and make an impact on on a game. That is something new with Waterford. You know, you have players, Daryl Lyons come on the last day, scored a goal. Neil Montgomery got two points from play coming off the bench. Patrick Horn is another who comes off the bench every day. You know, that is something new and something different. Um, you know, normally you'd nearly be struggling after 13 players to fill out a team. You know, they, they wouldn't. Uh, traditionally have had the same strength and depth as some of the bigger counties. Um, but to now have players, not only in the starting 15, but players that can come off the bench and make a difference, I think that's one of the reasons that that you'd have to say water would have a chance on Sunday. Yeah, so uh, you know yourself how highly Liam Cahill and Mikey Beavins are rated in Tip Lake. And like, this is their fifth All-Ireland in six years. That has to be a huge advantage to water going into the match, their experience like. Yeah, and they're 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 winners. You know what I mean? And and uh, you know uh, again, you know, listening to Liam Cahill in some of the post game interviews, even after losing the Munster final to to Limerick, I think it was it was interesting to listen to Liam Cahill in that he was he was very disappointed. He was almost cross that they hadn't played up that they could have played much better. Um, while the general perception may have been that look Waterford, you know, hung with Limerick for three quarters or nearly the majority of the game, and that they performed well, considering where they were coming from, he wasn't happy with. He wasn't happy with just competing. He was disappointed that the, you know, that they didn't win the game, that they had an opportunity and they let it slip. So you know, it's a great mentality, and 
you can see that mentality, I suppose, permeating through the through the players as well. Um, you know, they're not they're not happy with taking part. They want to win. Um, you know, for some of them, the likes of Kevin Moore, they'll realise that you know opportunities to win all Ireland's don't come around every year, particularly in Waterford. This is a, this is a, a chance for them. It's a mad year, as I said. You know, who knows where where things will lie in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. But when you get you get that close to getting your hands on 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 silverware, um, you know they don't come around every year. So I think they're in a you know they're in a good place going into the game. And look, obviously Limerick are the favourites, but you know I I I think any team that Liam Cal puts on the field are always a team that that believes that they can win. And I think, you know, definitely, I, I think he's put that sort of belief into the players that, you know, they're not happy with with, with performances, that they want to win. Um, and I suppose, look, he has the track record with Tipperary, with minor, under 20, under 21, winning All-Irelands. Um, so, you know, it, it's, uh, you can definitely see it coming through. Yeah, Mark, uh, just look at that Waterford uh, last year. They seem to have a tactic where they, to bring their corner forwards out for the puck outs and the half forward line seem to come out to the centre fields. Now, can Kenny actually score two or three in the first half from puck outs? Do you think that's an area that Limerick can target on Sunday? Yeah, well, I I, I, I presume like if if um if Waterford try and do something like that, Limerick will just go short and try and work it through the lines like and that's that's the challenge then for Waterford to try and break it down and to be fair having looked at them there over the last few games like their work rate has kind of gone through the roof and their technique and the tackle has improved as well and they're not giving away any cheap frees like when they're when they're not in possession of the ball you know they're very competitive and you know they're patient and they try to turn the ball over and when they turn the ball over then you know they're definitely the fastest team in the country in terms of breaking at speed and uh, you know you could see that the last day you know when they got a run in Kilkenny they really they really attacked them at pace and uh, did a lot of damage. But uh, yeah, that'll be a challenge. It'll be just, it'll be very interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if they do, if they did that for the puck out. But I think what's um, what's probably even more important for Waterford and uh, next Sunday is, is what they do with their own puck out. Um, especially, um, you know, like I think Limerick in the second half of the Munster final kind of, you know, on Waterford's own puck out. Um, especially in the last quarter, kind of took over and Watford kind of went long and they were kind of out, uh, outmatched in terms of numbers on, on their own puck out. So it's going to be interesting to see what um, what what Watford do in relation to that if they don't go short. Uh, I think it's important that, uh, you know, you get the matches right in terms of numbers. And I, I think that's crucial for Watford because, uh, you know, what Limerick have been doing and you can see it against Galway the last days, you know, they're almost playing with an extra two or three backs and they're, they're kind of halfway between midfield and the half-back line. And when the ball lands in the half-back line, they have extra numbers there. Now, what Watford did probably do a little bit the last day was bring out their corner forwards. And that limited Limerick a lot for three quarters of the game in terms of, you know, the numbers were matched up and Limerick were kind of prevented um, from creating that extra man like they did against Clare and Tip and kind of working these triangles and picking them off from outside. But like the problem with that then is like you're kind of, you're, 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 um, you're limited up front then in the damage that you can cause because a lot of the time the likes of Desi Hutchinson was up in front, up front in his own. And, you know, anytime he, he got on ball then bar maybe one point in the first half, there was, you know, there was another one, if not two Limerick players for company. So I think the balance for Watford or the, you know, the, the, the question for Watford is like, you know, what will they go with on Sunday? Will they go with something equivalent to the Munster final and, you know, 
wait maybe until the second half to really go for it or are they going to kind of you know throw caution to the wind like they did against Kilkenny when the game seemed to be going against them and really attack the game because I, I, I you know I, I, I think that's a big question going forward and you know obviously I would think myself Waterford traditionally when they kind of throw the shackles off they are very very dangerous and none, this team is no different and you could see that for the whole of the second half against Kilkenny where they were absolutely fantastic I think if they go for it like that there is a danger obviously that you know they could leak at the back but I think that's where they're at their best and when they're attacking teams at speed and really match Limerick up for numbers in that middle third I think they have the pace that can do damage so it'll be just interesting to see what way Liam Cal goes about it you know, is he going to kind of be cautious maybe for the first half and then go for it or is he just going to really have a go and I think if they really have a go obviously the capacity is there to shift a bit of damage but I think that's when they're at their best Yeah, Austin Gleeson seems to float between the half forward line and the full forward line he done a lot of damage when he was out right half forward last game but do you think John Kiley would possibly put a man mark on him Mark? It depends where he's where he's positioned like um, you know I think it started the game again when you're watching it on television you're not getting a a, a, a true reading it. Now, I was fortunate enough, I was I was at the last game because I was with TG Carr at the Watford and Kilkenny game. And like, you know, positions don't mean as much now in terms of the actual structure of the forward line. Like, you know, Austin Gleeson was, you know, struggling a bit earlier on, but like he really came into it in the second half. And, you know, I, I just think um, if Watford are to win, I, I really think Austin, you know, Again, it's not that Watford are over-dependent or anything like this, but I, I think, you know, if, if if Austin comes to the table the last day like he did in the second half the last day and really kind of takes on the mental leadership in his shoulders, I think Watford are in with a great chance. Like Because like Steve, Stephen Bennett has been done fantastically well this, this year. Some great scores in the forward, Johnny's pace, Desi Hutchinson the same. But like if you can kind of add a 70-minute performance from Austin in that, well, that's three top-class forwards who will do a lot of damage. And I think, you know, if Watford can manage that on Sunday and kind of keep it tight at the back and with the likes of Jamie Barron coming through there creating opportunities and the likes of Caleb Lyons coming through there as well like because he's massive pace as well like and you know if he gets a the ball there along the likes of Tom Morris you could see him like just taking him on every single time and trying to create that extra man and if that happens I think you know Watford have a have, have a really really good chance like so the onus is on Limerick to, to stop that Yeah Brian we actually asked Dean Cahill the same question do you think Stephen Bennett's actually playing the best hurling of his career this year like? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, look, he, Stephen Bennett was, a, I suppose, a kid that 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 always had huge potential. I think I remember him as about, he might have been 15 or 16 playing minor. Um, actually, funnily enough, against Limerick, scored a hat-trick of goals um, and he played three years minor with Watford. So he's always a player that's, that's, that's been in that sort of potential. Uh, obviously won minor on under-21 All-Ireland's. Um, Probably might have played too much hurling as a as an underage player, you know, and um, you know, very unusually had two hip operations before he was, you know, before he was twenty three, and that has, I suppose, stunted maybe his development. But he looks to have got supremely fit, um, you know, he, he and he's definitely, you know, talking about Austin Leeson, um, it really is Stephen Bennett that's leading the line in the attack. Um, his ability to score from distance, like he, you know, when he winds up that on the left, his left hand side. Like he's a phenomenal striker, the ball from distance. Um, but the last day against Kilkenny, when Waterford needed a score, when they were under pressure, I think he like soloed half the length of the field um, and and shooting off the hurley. So you know he has that he has that ability. The goal after half time against Kilkenny in the semi final obviously had a huge impact and was really the turning point in the game. Um, but he's he's really stepped up to the stepped up to the plate. You know, losing Parig Manny, who was the then captain and free taker. 
you know, I suppose it did put a bit of pressure on 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 the likes of Steve Bennett to step up and um but he's having the he's having the, the year of his life, you know. He, if he's not in the all star or certainly if he's not in a player of the year conversation, he's definitely in an all star conversation. He's having that type of year. Um, you know, real leader to be honest with you. And you know, I suppose look the with the Waterford forward line, the for a lot of it, they're kind of playing Desi Hutchinson and Austin inside. It's kind of like a, a striker, like a big man and a small man. Um, and it's been working, you know, uh, to to a large degree as well. Having said that, the last day against Limerick, both sides kind of play very similar. It's, you know, the last day, I don't think there was a goal chance in the Munster final for either side because you had Declan Hannon at one end of the field and you had Tag de Burke at the other end of the field almost being extra defenders. Um, so, you know, Waterford were happy enough, I suppose, to, to fight in the trenches in that middle third and make it difficult for Limerick. And I suppose it was the, I think the teams went after the second water break in the Munster final, they were level. And it was probably the impact of the Limerick bench on that day that probably made the difference. Um, but Mark mentioned an interesting thing is like when Waterford pushed up on Kilkenny, interestingly in the first half when when Waterford kind of backed off them, allowed the short puck out to Kilkenny, you had Killian Buckley hurling a lot of ball, I suppose, on his own. Um, you know, Kilkenny backline were comfortable enough. But the minute in the second half when Waterford pushed up on the Kilkenny puck out, pushed up on them all over the field, all of a sudden it was Kilkenny who were struggling, couldn't get their hands on the ball and couldn't win possession. Jack Fagan had a huge game in that second half, um, catching puck outs going from either either end. He was dropping back into his own half back line on the Kilkenny puck out. And then he was at the other end of the field um, and actually had assists for, for both goals. So, you know, they, they, it is something that will be interesting to watch, whether they'll be happy maybe just to like the Munster final both teams maybe have that that extra defender or you know at what stage do Waterford decide or either team decide well look to hell with that it's now it's time to it's time to try go and win this um because there really wasn't a goal chance in that monster final from either team neither team had enough players close to goal um Galan was often isolated and I suppose in fairness Connor Prunty um you know, perform reasonably well on Galan in that Munster final. So there's a lot of, I suppose, tactical uh, matchups that's going to be very interesting to watch. Callum Lyons um, picked up Gerard Hegarty in the Munster final as well. And again, it was only in the last maybe 10 minutes that, that Gerard Hegarty came in, came into it in the Munster final. Not sure maybe was he carrying an injury into the game, but um, again, he was relatively quiet in, in, in that match. So I think they're very similar teams that's, there's not a, a, a huge amount uh, between them and it'll probably come down to which side will take their chances better. And I suppose the encouraging thing from a Waterford point of view, looking at the, the Limerick-Galba semi-final is that as hard as Limerick tried, they couldn't deliver the knockout blow to Galba. You know, the two or three goal chances that when they didn't go in, Galway hung on there. Um, and that game could have went, you know, it could have went either way. And if you, I suppose, if you fly close to the sun uh, too often, you'll eventually get burned. And I suppose that's, you know, I suppose Waterford will be looking at to keep as close as they can to Limerick going down that that final quarter. Uh, and then, you know, it's they just have that enthusiasm and that energy that, you know, on a day that could very well be historic for those players. Um, you know, it, it's it's the I'd say they'll die in their boots to try to try win in All Ireland. They definitely have that hunger. Um, you know, you would say that 
you know, will Limerick be that little bit overconfident or I suppose losing last year's semi-final to Kilkenny, which was a bit of a surprise, will that be the driving um, force for, for this Limerick team Sunday? You know, it's hard to know which way, you know, which way that'll go. But, you know, for a for a county that has, hasn't won an All-Ireland in 61 years, I think if they if they get within touch and distance of it, um, you know, they'll, they'll be hard to shake off, I think, myself. Yeah, just on par with Matthew there, obviously it's heartbreaking for him to be missing the, uh, the game and that now, but we were talking to people inside the Waterloo camp there with Mick Connor Prunty and Stephen Frampton. And that. Now, Paul could have felt sorry for himself, but they said he's been such a huge influence in around the camp since he did pick up the injury. Yeah, and look, he's been on the sideline. Um, he actually, they, they had him on the sideline there. Um, uh, down in Porky Keeve as well for the Clare game, and I know in the background he's he's been at training. Um, you know, it, it is again he's he's a guy that have has won a huge amount with with Ballygunner here in Waterford. You know, he's played in Hearty Cups, he's played underage, he's captain, he's club, he's captain Waterford. Um, you know, he would have been looking on this year as a as a, as an opportunity, I suppose, for redemption. And unfortunately, he's had a couple of bad bad injuries. He broke his leg a couple of years ago, and now with the knee problem, so it's you know it's tough for a player in, in that position. But again, you know, it probably shows the management of of, of Liam Cal and his management team that you know he wants Porig Manny involved. He wants him in the dressing room. Um, and again, a very experienced player, but you know, very genuine. Guy as well, you know. There's, there's nobody would want Watford to win more than than Porig Manning and good guy to have, as I said, on the sideline or in the dressing room with the team. Yeah, Mark on the Limerick side, Declan Hannon as well. Declan Hannon, uh, I remember talking to a few people in Limerick when he was put back centre back, and they said Limerick will win nothing with Declan Hannon centre back. Declan Hannon is a huge influence on that Limerick team, and. I don't think people actually realise if Limerick wins Sunday, Declan Hannon is going to be the most successful Limerick captain ever. So that's a huge thing for Declan Hannon. And he, he is a huge influence around the place, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Declan, um, I suppose, Declan's uh, very skillful and he's a good, he, you know, he's a great um, user of the ball. Like So he's very, very clever in what he does. So uh, I suppose, look, realistically, for, for most parts of the game, both Watford and... And Limerick play with a sweeper. You know, Declan is there filling that space in front of the full back line and Tiger Burke is doing something likewise. And you know, if, if teams push onto them then they might they might um they might play six backs and six forwards then like with the midfielders just sitting in front of them like but I suppose realistically the way the modern game has gone now it's it's, it's not as kind of your typical centre back role as such like it's more a protector of your full back line and being an outlet for, for, for passes from the full back line to try and set up attacks from there be it you know just short stick passes through the lines or else you know running with the ball and creating an, an, an extra man so I think that's one feature of both teams really and especially Limerick you'd even see Kyle Hayes there has gone back to the half back line and Kyle Hayes going back to the half back line is not kind of covering a defensive position or anything like that I think the present management uh, see that as a as a better attacking option from there rather than in that kind of in the trenches of the uh, of the, the centre forward position so Declan is the same I mean I mean Declan isn't, isn't playing centre back to um to nullify anyone or anything like that, Declan is there because uh, his use of the ball is good. His positional sense is good, and both himself and and, and Kyle Hayes, like they, re- I suppose, they'd rely uh, a lot on the people around them to um, to fill in defensive positions and to give them a, a dig out when they're under pressure. Because I think that's one thing about both teams is that they get plenty of help back when they are defending. 
but certainly Declan, like in, in his position at centre back and Kyle, uh, they would be seen as massive attacking options going forward. And then, of course, you can't forget Demon Burns either. Um, that he seems to be an old ball as well for this ball across the field when when you have teams defending in depth as well and and clogging that middle third. That he's always moving on for that pass across the field to be able to take long range scores as well. So it's just, I suppose, it's a it's a it's a sign of of the times really how the game has changed in that uh, you know you used to be able to get up the field beforehand maybe you know every every twenty minutes or so but nowadays you know the ball is travelling so quick and it's so fast that they they, they see themselves as real attacking weapons from the halfback line. Brian, can Waterford do it? Oh um, yeah, look, it's a big ask. Um, you know, look, there's no doubt Waterford are, are underdogs going into this this final. Um, you know, it's going to be a a big task to take on a team. There is that. There's always that until you've done it, until you've actually won in All Ireland. Um, there's always that question mark of you know, can they do it? Are they good enough? Um, and that question mark is still there with Waterford. And um, but this is a slightly different team, I suppose, in difference to the the teams of the noughties and the teams that tended to hurl with a, abandon. Um, you know, this team, I suppose, can can be conservative when they need to and they can attack when they need to. And they just have, I suppose, that little bit on the bench that maybe previous Waterford teams hasn't had. Um, the thing, I suppose, look, where everybody's looking forward to is that it's the opportunity. You know, nobody expected that Waterford would be in the non-Ireland, um, you know, after performances in the last couple of years. But you don't get there that often. So it's a, it's a huge opportunity. They have the players who, who can do it. You know, they... They have as many match winners as 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 any other team, whether it is your Ty De Burkas, your Stephen Bennett, your Austin Gleeson, Desi Hutchinson. They have real match winners as well, just as 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 Limerick has the Hegartys and Keen Lynches and Galan. You know, both teams have individuals, but it's probably the collective that's going to, you know, if Waterford are to win, it it that'll make the difference. But um I see it being very close and uh, you know, if, if either team, as I said, there was no goal between the sides in the Munster final, I think any, either side that can score a goal or two um, will have maybe one hand on the cup. Mark, are you confident? I'd be confident enough, like, with a rather, I, I suppose, very optimistic anyway. I think um, I think um, there's a few things, I suppose, in Limerick's favour. I, I, like, I, I think genuinely, like, when they analyse, and they're a very limit, level-headed group of lads, when they analyse the last two matches, I I feel that the, you know they won't be happy. And having said that, like they still, you know they still racked up big scores in both games. But like um, they won't be happy with their performance against Waterford, and likewise against Galway, they won't be happy with, you know their level of execution and then the chances they miss. So, you know I think they're really going to be focused this uh, this Sunday on on delivering a better performance than what they've produced in the last couple of days. And again, like Brian said, you know, goals are goals are nearly like five pointers now because um, they're so hard come by. So I think if um, if any side can manage to get a goal, I think um, it's going to be huge. And if, if if they can rattle two of them, well, then uh, all the better. But uh, they're a huge momentum changer altogether. But I suppose you know, just looking at the the overall bench, maybe that Limerick have, uh, especially up front, and I just think. They're, resort, they're so well resourced, you know. That system is in place in Limerick since these guys were under under thirteen. Like, um, I just I see they're a bit like Dublin in terms of the football. Like their conditioning seems to be just on a different level. Like, and you know, when the game goes to, in, into the last ten minutes or so, they seem to be able to just pull away from teams. And you know, I think it's going to be it's going to be extremely tight there for 
for 50, 60 minutes. But I just feel um, Limerick probably with the aid of the bench there in, in the last 10 minutes or so will will come out on top. Like, But, you know, I, I, I know Brian there, you know, down in Waterford, like we played against great Waterford teams back in the noughties like, and that, and this is another very, very good Waterford team. And I suppose we were in a very similar position here in Limerick a couple of years ago. Ourselves and Waterford were two, I suppose, of the stronger hurling counties that hadn't won in All-Ireland in a long time. And we managed to get over the line against Galway two years ago. So I suppose if we weren't to win it, I suppose, I think everyone would be would be absolutely delighted if Watford could pull it off, but but maybe not this year. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Mark, as a tip, man, I hope that Limerick don't end up as strong as what the Dublin footballers are next one. Lads, thanks for being on the show. Exciting few days ahead, and I hope you enjoy the game. And look forward to talking to you again soon. Cheers, Tomas. Thanks, Tomas. I'll see you, Brian. Thanks, lads. Cheers. Thurlow's Credit Union wishes all its members a happy Christmas and would ask its members to please support local businesses this holiday period. By shopping local, we can support each other and play our part in sustaining local communities. Shop local and borrow local with Thurlow's Credit Union. So that's it for another week. Special thanks to all our guests and to you, the listeners, for tuning in. Best of luck to the Tipperary minor hurlers and footballers on Saturday. And we'll talk to you next week where we'll be reviewing them games and we'll also be discussing the All-Ireland Hurling Final and looking forward to the All-Ireland Football Final. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Good luck and we'll talk to you soon.